Welcome to the 12th episode of Guys Being Dudes Radio. I am your host, Tag Smex. Today, the boys coach, the bear, and Space Needle rant traffic, talk the thing, Among Us, the very popular video game, and Dungeons and Dragons. Also, we discuss presidential debates and put the bear to sleep with our aimless rambling before we can hold a bear's corner this week. All in this episode of Guys Being Dudes Radio, a Trev Miracorp production. Check, check, check. How did you enjoy Among Us? Playing it right now. All right. We're going to switch over to podcast names. <coughs> Who do we have today? It's me, your host, Tex Mix. We've got Coach Space Needle, aka Needle, and the Bear today. Well, how, how's everybody's previous weeks been? Anything exciting? Any food poisoning? Any uh, life changing events? Not pretty boring on my end. <laughs> <laughs> Rowing started back up. Yeah. Pretty boring. We're just erging and core work and running with like six kids and singles a day if we're lucky. I think uh, over here for our, our, our three listeners, um, rowing is. So are you guys up to doubles yet? No, right? Like it's yeah, we can still? we can do doubles. You can do doubles if okay. So here, I think they barely started doing doubles if the kids sign like waivers saying that like they're like family groups or whatever and you're just stuck in the double with that one asshole for the rest of your time <laughs> yeah we've got uh according to u.s rowing regulations we are very close to being able to actually row legit team boats but it's also a question of just because you can should you and things like that we've got it all tracked out and you know we need to hit a certain level before we even start really thinking about it i think your city's probably the closest to doing it responsibly yeah, uh, probably. Much closer than DC. All right. Well, rowing, good stuff. Bear, nothing really. Uh, Space Needle, how, how's, how's your last week? How, anything exciting happen? You know what I did this last week? You All don't know what together. you did? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, what did I do? Did I do anything? <laughs> well, you just moved and you just officially started, like, Right, like working at the new facility or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But well, I've been here, I've been here like a few weeks, like three weeks. Yeah. Um, God, what did I? Have do you settled I... into your your new work routine? I guess it's slow. <laughs> I can't think of what I did. <laughs> oh Most, man! I mean, I played Among Us with you guys, which was a blast. Yeah, I watched the Eagles break my heart. I guess it's better than losing to the Bengals, but still. So, uh, same for me. Pretty pretty chill week. Uh, pounded out a few more uh, Warhammer models with Jay Boner. We still have like eleven to make, and then we still have to paint them. It's uh, it's quite quite a tedious hobby. Um, oh wait, you're doing actual models? Yeah. I didn't read your messages correctly. I thought you were just like playing Warhammer. No, I am. I am also playing like Total War Warhammer, but like we are doing actual Age of Sigmar models. It Damn, is, that is a that is an intensive hobby. Jesus, it is both expensive and time consuming. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, pr- pretty chill. I uh, didn't get food poisoning, so got a got a good two two week streak going. Maybe, um, maybe just have IBS. Maybe. Uh, well, I've only had food poisoning like three times, <laughs> so that'd be pretty infrequent IBS. But uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the analytics are—they they are what they are, right? We've got we've got three dedicated listeners, one in Ireland. Um, Why do we no new changes. Analytics again? Huh? Why do we care about analytics again? Ah, it's just—it's just nice. I, I like to like up, up front talk a little bit about the meta of the podcast. I think. Uh, We've kind of uh, we were talking about it in the pre-show show. show. Uh, I think we've we've kind of 
I think honed in on our shitty model of uh, Tex-Mex, myself, uh, Coach and the Bear getting together to talk uh, once a week, and sometimes our friends show up. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, rotating cast of characters. And I think we're, we're, we're starting to float the idea of bringing on uh, uh, guests. <laughs> I think uh, uh, if we could, I, I, I think Phil was floated out there first. Uh, yeah. I think he'd be really entertaining to get on to just talk about his life, but <laughs> um, he's a terrible guy. Yeah, talk about how and he I mean, moved moved out of the city so he could move back in with his parents, even though he's got a very well paying job. I don't, I don't know what I, that that kid. I don't want to. If if we get him on, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> he is something else. He came to Boston a couple months ago before the pandemic hit, and we had a fun night. I really liked his beard when he had a beard. Um, but no. So, uh, yeah, Among Us. Uh, Space Needle mentioned it. The game taking the internet by storm. Uh, we... What's up? I'd say we're behind the curve. We are behind the curve. I mean, it's been out for... Like, you played it, like, a year ago, right? Like... No. I didn't play it until this weekend. Oh. I, I thought I had played it, but I was mistaking it for the Jackbox game. Ah... Uh... Okay. Which is a very easy to mistake for. It's Mafia. It's right. That's yeah. what it's called. Mafia. It's mafia. We used to play it in band class when, the, when we had a substitute teacher. I never played Mafia before. I understood it in theory, but I've, I never played it. And it's, I think we said this on the Discord. It's kind of nuts that it took so long for like such a, a, a easy game to get like video gamified and then like blow up like this i guess i think covid really pushed it <laughs> yeah it's true uh it's pushed a bunch of random things like uh tiger king if tiger king had been released um just during a normal time when not everybody was glued to their netflix tiger king and then like i love avatar the last airbender i think it's really good i know the bear shits on it um but i think avatar getting like added to netflix and then suddenly skyrocketing the top of Netflix's like watch is is because of COVID, right? Like it's not. Yeah, especially since everybody our age is just staring at their Netflix all day, and we love Avatar because we grew up with it. Like, yeah, yeah. But no, I I, I like Among Us. Uh, does anybody want Bear? Are you there? Sorry. <laughs> would you Would you like to? I think you are <laughs> the least familiar with Among Us. Would you like to explain the game to our listeners? What it is? What it's about? So you're this little freaking dude on a spaceship and something says go and it tells you whether you're a crewmate or uh, whatever the, what's the other thing called? Imposter. 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 And if you're the imposter, you try to kill everybody. If you're the uh, crew, you're supposed to do a bunch of tasks, but like I can't figure out how to do the tasks. So I just kind of run around and hope that I can uh, just stay alive. <laughs> my whole goal is don't be the first one killed we played we played as a group for the for, second time on monday because in the first time on sunday or was it saturday uh, it was uh, sunday it was after the sunday. pats game okay <clears throat> and um it's i thought it was a lot of fun i i, I think everybody thinks it's a lot of fun it's a, it's a really simple game it's free it's free on your phone you just have to watch shitty ads in between the game oh no or, i don't have five dollars <laughs> or you can pay five dollars and just get it on your computer uh i actually mentioned it to um rim dog and uh bone saw and i know uh our friend uh laura over here her and her boyfriend actually play it and uh I was trying to. I need to get together and play it with that. Like it's it's such an easy to pick up game. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to be good at it. I got really lucky, and uh, screwed over Space Needle in the second to last game we played. <laughs> but uh, I so okay. So you're the imposter or you're a crewmate. It, it's really it's really around these meetings, right? Like your ability to do tasks is neither here nor there. To be honest, I've never um, seen a game actually end via tasks. I have. It's not super common, but it, it, it can happen. Maybe like 20% of games at the most. I, I'd say it's closer to like five in my experience, but I've seen a couple. But like, it, it's more about you. if you find a dead body, you can report it. Or if you're suspicious because somebody's being sus, uh, you can run to the 
meeting room table and call an emergency meeting. And you're not supposed to talk in between outside of the meetings, which we're pretty good at. Um, But yeah, that's, that's the tension of it is like, sometimes you are the imposter or you're not the imposter and you're following people around or you're being followed by somebody. And (laughs) like, I, I, I'm just going to chalk it up to mobile phones or like, uh, our buddy Boston Market not being familiar with like video games, but like the way he walks, his like character pathing is super suspicious, like almost all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll do like two steps, kind of like just get into your eye line and then take two steps back. And that could just be like the jankiness of playing on mobile because it is very janky. It is hard uh, to play on mobile. But like it's always, I always, I felt really bad because we voted him out one game because he, I was just like, I don't know what he's doing. He looks super suspicious, and he's like, I don't know how to play the game, and it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's a, uh, for what it is, it's a solid two out of two game. Like especially if you get it for free, like it, it, sure, it's, it's you know it drops you sometimes or whatever, but it's it certainly you get what you pay for. Solid COVID game, I recommend it. I enjoy it greatly. And um, I'm literally re- oh, I'm lifting like I'm moving everything. Oh, so because uh, it, it, it wasn't mentioned in the actual cast, you mentioned it in the pre show show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Space Needle is rearranging his entire living room while doing this. I think I threw my back. <laughs> Your back was never not thrown out. The movie I watched uh, this week to come in and review, uh, since I'm gonna try to review a random movie every week, although I did watch Tales of Earthsea. Uh, it's a Studio Ghibli movie. It's not Miyazaki Sr. It's his son's first directorial. It, it's his son's directorial debut. It's not good. It's it's might be the worst Ghibli movie I've ever seen. It, I I can't even I I can't recommend watching it. Like it's not it's not it's not bad in the sense that like effort wasn't put in. I guess it's just so disjointed and there's like no flow and it it feels like like you know. A, a college student's project with like a, a massive budget like <laughs> it it's just I, I would only recommend it to see like a bad Ghibli movie right to, to kind of like see I think senior and junior like had a falling out over this movie but anyway I was gonna I, I went, at first I was like maybe I'll talk about Tales of Earthsea it's just not I, I have nothing to say about it. it it's a zero out of two it's not worth watching um so I I know that Coach is a big fan of the thing. Love uh, it! One of the greatest movies ever made. Everybody should see it. John Carpenter is the thing. <clears throat> I had seen pieces of it, and I feel, I don't know if we ever actually watched it in our our college house, like on our. I don't think we did, which is surprising because we watched a lot of scary yeah. movies, and that is like pinnacle how to make a scary suspense I, movie. I know Space Needle loves The Conjuring. We must have watched that like eight times. You guys suck, because you always made me... I hated scary movies. I don't like being scary. And you guys make me watch it all the damn time. And we watched that, like, twice in college. No, we watched it a lot. Like we watched it a lot. Times. But it, it... I think, in, in my... In the defense of The Conjuring, uh, that we watched it so much. It's a very good It wasn't... It, it's a good movie. It's, it's probably the best horror movie in recent... Yeah, in modern history. times. Like, that yeah. old-school kind of... 80s level horror movie yeah. especially like ghost movie in particular for the conjuring yeah. Yeah. conjuring 2 is just okay and everything else in that series because it's a series uh is eh. just movies but that I, didn't need a sequel that's like right yeah. there yeah. Um, <coughs> but no so so I, I i sat down i i spent more than five dollars i spent a whopping uh, 13 dollars wow uh to purchase a, a digital copy of the thing worth it um I'm also like as an aside. I, you, all may should know this, probably know this, um, but I don't know if our, I assume our listeners don't. Um, I'm bi- I was big on having like a, a big DVD, uh, Blu-ray collection, like both of good movies, and then also I really like going to Walmart and just going to the like five dollar, three dollar bin. We bought a lot of movies out of the five dollar bin. Just grabbing a shit ton of movies. That and gas station movies. Gas station movies are. Wow. Uh, possibly worse than sci-fi movies. Um, anyway, I, I've been moving my, my, I've been purchasing more and more digital movies. So I have like a, a digital collection, but anyway, so I spent $12. Uh, 
thirteen dollars. They got I got the thing and I just sat down and I just watched it. Um, two out of two, easy recommend. I I see why it's a lot of people's, uh, you know, best horror movies of all time. I I think it it actually might be for me. I'd have to really think about it. Um, because it is it is it, it is a, a lot of people when they say the best horror movies, I think they they kind of like reference thrillers more like silence of the lambs is a thriller more of a, a thriller <clears throat> psychological um, thriller yeah and there's a big psychological aspect to the thing yes uh, but it is but, still but, about but, an alien trying to kill people but uh, up front because people don't listen to our podcast uh past you know the first 10 minutes uh the thing two out of two um the premise is there's a bunch of scientists in Antarctica. They discover, or they accidentally more, discover, accidentally discover um, an alien that can shapeshift and assimilate other people and cells. And they don't know who's the thing and who's not the thing. And that's the psychological aspect. And there's a lot of body horror too, because like they find it a lot mid transformation, and it's just an amalgam of like. Especially Human, like the last scene, season. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, some of that actually. Jorge is probably sorry. Uh, Texmex yeah, is probably uh, some added scenes that I think they put after the theatrical release. A lot of that mm-hmm. body horror was not in the original release, if I remember correctly. I mean, it's it's it was all everything I saw on, on my copy was practical effects. So it's all practical, but I'm, I don't remember all yeah. of that actually being in the theatrical release. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it bombed, didn't it? When it came out, didn't it almost like ruin Carpenter's like career as a director? I'm not it sure. Was like the, I think it was like the, the, I think it was a big deal because it was like a big budget horror movie and that wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Cause they maybe. like built a set and like, <laughs> also, it's like, like Technically a remake, even though it's not at all. Right, right. Uh, I need to watch the prequel next, but... Um... Please don't. Although it's Mary Lou's <laughs> Monstead, so you know. But no, so they, they, it, it's good. Uh, Coach, so spoilers, for those of you who still want to watch the thing. Uh, do you think it's... Do you think either of those characters at the end of the, the movie are the thing? If I remember correctly, and it's been a while for me, I need to, I should rewatch it. Um, and I've watched many YouTube videos on it, and so there, there's a very long YouTube video on like the analysis of that entire movie and the ending in particular. I'm pretty yeah. sure if you watch the movie and follow the logic of the movie, it's it it's probably Keith David. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I was uh, young Keith David didn't didn't even know it was him at first. <laughs> that being <He's> said, <laughs> the beauty the beauty of that ending yeah. is that it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It really like, doesn't. Because <laughs> they both they both know if one or the other is the alien, it doesn't matter. So they might as well just wait out and just die. Yeah. I mean, so like I as somebody who's only familiar with like the premise and uh there's a little bit of cultural osmosis of like certain yeah, there's a lot and stuff. referenced so many times. Yeah, uh, I think Annihilation is a good modern movie that has some thing vibes to it. Definitely, definitely. Uh, that but the, yes. the chair scene or whatever is very much yeah, a ripoff. It is, it is, it is straight out <laughs> the thing. Um, um, because for those of you that haven't seen it, there's one scene where they're doing the blood test, and it is. Yeah. Arguably one of the most perfectly crafted, well-filmed, well-written, well-acted scenes in the history of cinema. That's definitely the highlight of the movie, um, is that scene. And that's, the, that, I mean, South Park even made it, it jokes about that scene. I think that scene is, like, probably what gets referenced the most. It's in the Lice Capades. Is it in the Lice Capades? Lice I'm, I'm yeah, oh, I, I love it too. Um, no, so, oh, I can't wait for the specials. Isn't the special tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Like you're right. The Lice episode. Uh, yeah, I was trying to. Some things I wrote down. Um, some of it's just gibberish, but like at, at the beginning, like it's called The Thing, and there's, uh, like, this isn't really a spoiler. Like, it's the first 10 minutes. There's a bunch of like Norwegians shooting at a dog in like the Antarctic wilderness. And I, I get that, like, if it, I, I'm. 
only sort of familiar with the, the, the movie and like the, the, the idea of it, but immediately I'm like, oh, this, this movie's called The Thing and like they're shooting at a random dog that's obviously The Thing. Like, if, <laughs> if you speak, if you speak Norwegian, I don't remember, it's Norwegian or whatever it is, but they're yelling yeah. like, kill it, kill it, it's not a dog. Ah, um, well, they don't. That language, obviously, I mean, it's you know, like you said, it's the thing. It's the first ten minutes. You know that thing's the alien. Yeah. The another note I had here was uh, I was very impressed. There's at one point a character is found who is dead, um, and had slit both their wrists and their throat, which is quite a feat. But um, uh, but they're out in Antarctica and they're, they're discovered later, and it's like there's like blood icicles and stuff. And I was like, what, what great attention to detail. Uh, Carp- <laughs> um, Carpenter in his heyday, man. He made some fucking bangers. What other movies did he make? I'm not as... as uh, Carpenter as well was Halloween, I believe. Escape I mean, from New York. Escape from New York's one of my favorites. I understand why people don't like it, but I love it. Uh, it's no um, Escape from L.A. He did not do Escape from L.A. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me hold on. Let me just look up because I'm forgetting one big one. They live Big Trouble in Little China is the one I love. I like Big Trouble in Little China. Is that a that's not Kurt that's, Russell? That's Kurt Russell. Did, he did the thing. Yeah. He did Escape Russell. from New York. He did actually maybe Carpenter did do Escape from LA. I'm looking at this. Um, he also he, did he the also, 1980s The Fog, Assault on Precinct 13, the, the 76 Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a remake of that. Yeah, there um, was with I think Fishburns in that. Yeah, but and he was big on doing his own scores too. So like a lot of iconic horror that like synthwave that synthwave yeah. sound for horror movies was was all Carpenter. Uh, but yeah, so I I get that they're all I I okay. So here's the thing: I know that not all of them are scientists at this Antarctic base. Um, but it kind of as I was watching the movie, especially in the beginning, I was like, wait, why are these guys in Antarctica? Like, I'm not convinced half of them are qualified to be (laughs) like none of them come off as scientists i'll give you that it's like a very typical chef you've got the badass you've got the old guy you know but none of them are like a scientist yeah and i get that like two of them are supposed to be like maybe vietnam helicopter pilots like uh then that's what they're doing is they're flying the helicopters in antarctica or whatever um and maybe one of them's a dog also why do they have dogs like that's 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 Weird. Anyway, sled, sleds. Dude, the early explosion, the Antarctic okay. brought sled dogs. So a lot of them yeah. died too. Um, but yeah, when there's a scene when they're playing pool, and I can see like a bar in the background and a jukebox and the pool table, and I was just sitting and watching that. And I'm like, none of these guys are scientists. <laughs> the fuck are they doing in Antarctica? I'm actually um, I'm actually friends with a guy that's a scientist in Antarctica, and the stuff he posts is wicked cool. Like. He, you know, they are definitely so the kid I know, he's he was a nerd, but like he was a he would fit in well with any of our group. Like it's right. not like super scientist nerd people, stereotypical thing. So no, no, it's not. not so bad in that movie, but it's very clearly like they never talk about the research they're doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and why they have so much dynamite and flamethrowers. But uh, uh, <laughs> for mining, yeah, yeah. Clear, like the, in our place, you need right. a flamethrower. And you know who who knows what's under that ice? It might be valuable minerals. Right, you gotta mine right, it. Right. I can follow project. That, and the and the break in case of uh, I guess war, uh, like glass pane with like eight shotguns in it. <laughs> um, no, in case the penguins <laughs> attack. Is there? Any, you said they. Yeah, it's Antarctic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Antarctic. So, um, I, anyway, I I will say also that the dog that they use uh, in the very beginning of the movie is has got to be one of the most well-trained uh movie dogs i've ever seen like (laughs) it's nuts like they have it staring you'd be surprised how many dogs they took to get that Uh, apparently it was it was it was one dog and his name was like jeb or something um but like there's there's scenes where like where it like a, a door creaks open slowly and the dog sticks its head out and then very like slowly tiptoes down a hallway looks in one doorway keeps going down the hallway and then goes into another room and it's like one continuous shot and like i know like that's what these dogs specialize in but that's like somebody said that like that dog was very well trained and then actually watching it i was like noticing like where everything about it was was really cool 
um, that probability computer program, like I get uh, things are dated. That's fine. Was really <laughs> just funny. <laughs> um, somebody pr- puts in like once they're figuring out. Uh, I think it's it's uh, Wilford Brimley uh, puts into like a computer some information about the the alien, and the computer program is like feeding him back like probability, but it's written in like very plain language and just very eighties. Um, <laughs> made me laugh. Yeah, that, that's what I got. I, I really liked it. I'm sad we never watched it uh, in college, Coach. Uh, Sorry, that solid, one's on me. Solid movie. Did we lose? We lost the bear. Lost the bear. He's gone. He's gone. He belongs to time. Well, good. I talk about yeah, what irked me this week. Because it, it's funny. I can't remember a single thing from this past week that I did, but I can remember yeah, what irked me. This is me. it. This is where we rant. As long as it's funny. Otherwise, it, I cut it out. <laughs> What really upset me this week, what really got me irked and like ticked off was I hate when people drive like assholes. But then but then you no 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 no. I get it. Like people there are a lot of bad drivers out there. But then when you see them pass and they have this look of like supreme confidence on their face, like like yes, cutting off those last three people was exactly how one should drive. Like they just like they give they give off this air of like unfallible confidence in their driving skill, and it blows my mind and it irks me so bad when you see those people like s- sitting on your ass and they're just like, hey, like I like I can I, I can see there's three people in front of you, but I'm gonna ride your ass to let you know you're going too slow. Like this is the way you should drive. This is exactly what I should be doing in this movie. I mean, y- y- oh no, I was just gonna. I, no, go ahead. No, I mean, as somebody who who, who grew up in in uh, the D.C. area. Maryland has always been notorious for the worst drivers. So now that you have moved there, um... it's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> oh man, our B. Okay, so you guys aren't checking the Discord, or maybe coaches. Um, our musings were so boring that the bear went to sleep. Um, <laughs> which is a podcast first, as we put one of our own to sleep. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm only uh, a recent driver in that like i didn't get my license until i was 22 uh because i didn't need it in dc and Wait. i've only had uh there's bad drivers everywhere i think the, there are there the are. turnpike but is where i probably not like, only... jersey turnpike is probably where i saw the most and was like the most fearful for my life jersey is also very bad but like maryland is like aggressively <laughs> bad i'm i'm wrong and it's your fault <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they're just like, oh my god, it's it's so infuriating to watch people because like they'll sit they'll sit there and cut multiple people off and like cause traffic and then be pissed off that they're stuck in the traffic that they caused. <laughs> and it's like, How, uh, isn't your commute to work only like five minutes? It's, like I, it's still nuts that like you're running into shitty drivers. <laughs> I, luckily, it, but like I've been driving around to, like go to the store and stuff. And I've been driving around to do normal yeah, people. We, we are all normal people here. No things among us. Are you guys going to hate me if I drop off to watch the presidential debate? Yeah, I mean, we're going to complain about debates. And you could also, uh, I was going to say we can just start talking about D&D. No, now, I was going to say we could turn this but, into uh, a dungeon cast. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, yeah, I'm totally down with that. I mean, we've, we've <laughs> only got 25 minutes. Coach, are you there? There you are. All right. I, I, sorry, I had the Discord up and it wasn't, it signs me out half the time. Um, right, <clears throat> let me chime in on the bad driver thing because I guess you couldn't hear me. I'm going to explain why you kept interrupting me. Uh, <laughs> speak, speaking of someone who just like drove my parents across the country so they can move, you know, from, you know, essentially drove from Boston all the way down to around the Tampa area, I guess is the best description of where they are. Uh, like the drivers in the Boston area, you know, Massachusetts drivers are they're called massholes for a reason, but they're like predictable assholes in the way that I understand what's going to happen because they're going to do the bad thing and i just expect them to do it but it's predictable in a way that it's not as dangerous but like as you just keep going further and further south it's just dangerous driving and it stops being predictable so not only is it bad but it's also just crazy stupid no i I would agree with that the carolinas always blow my mind yeah we almost died in the i think it was like crossing carolina into georgia or wherever you'll be going yeah, you'll be going like 70 miles per hour, like normal flow of traffic. And then all of a sudden it'll just, you'll come over a like slight hill and yeah. it's just dead stop. 
Like we were we were driving, I think it was Georgia or it might have been Carolinas. We were probably going fifty-five. It was pouring rain, you know, on a major highway. This one guy tries to cut someone else off. They spin someone out in front of them out, and we were literally one car away from T-boning them. Like the car in front of us got in the accident instead of us. We were so lucky. Yeah, it's just like that's just lottery right there. All right. Well, the debate started, so I'm gonna. I mean, I can I can hear off, Trump speaking in the other room. I don't really want to listen to it. I don't either, but I feel like it's my civic duty to be engaged and informed. Um, now that he leaves, yeah. Let's 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 complain oh. about people who watch debates. Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but seriously uh, though, like I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. watch this. <laughs> who I'm voting for? <laughs> let's, uh, let's 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 roll it back. We mentioned it in the pre-show show. Um. I, this is not a political podcast. I, 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 we all have our feelings. We all know, like in our discord, we talk, we all know who kind of we're going to vote for and whatever, but um, I do not understand. And I don't think any of us do um, who these, these debates right now are for. Yeah. There have been previous elections where I think, okay, yeah, sure. You know, Maybe in the McCain-Obama, that was a solid debate to watch because those are two solid candidates, Republican-Democrat, but they're both moderate enough that you could probably swing some votes. Right. Uh, maybe even Romney, you know, that, that debate was okay. This debate's right. insane. Like, there's no reason to have it <laughs> other than we're right. supposed to have one. Yeah, other than it's like traditionally there are presidential debates. Like, I get it, and I... I, I, I... I don't think the traditions had stopped. I'm, I'm more referring to the people who are like actively who is, who like is watching this. Yes, yes. Who is undecided? Like who, who is so involved in, who is so not involved in politics that they have not tracked anything and not made up their mind yet. And these presidential debates are going to be the basis of their vote or like the, the, the tipping point. Like, now, got- you might want to watch this for just the entertainment value because of Biden versus Trump, like something good's going to happen. Yeah, like- I, think, I think that's what it is. I, he's, he's a former reality TV uh, personality. And like I we had a, a rough start. We've added people and we're, we're up to a party of six now. But um, it, to to quote uh, <laughs> a, a very, very like left leaning comedy uh, reporter it's sad that he's probably the funniest president we'll ever have. Like, cause it, it sucks that uh, without even getting into politics, Trump, the individual is, I think from my perspective, almost like watching a train wreck. It, it, it's, I, I think I akin it to like the, the Kardashians, like everything before him being the president, like that's who he was. He was, yeah. a, he was just a person who would say wild shit, or, or do wild shit and have crazy business ventures. And it was like, he was a, a, a you know, ce- a, not even a celebrity, a um, shit, what are they called? What are the Kardashians called? Like, a reality star. Yeah, or reality in- star. Influencer. Reality star. Right. Yeah, he's an influencer. Maybe, <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe when we're 80, uh, the pr- a presidential debate will be between like a, a former Instagram influencer and well, like a normal politician. It's like uh, the ending, <laughs> the last episode of Parks and Rec when Jerry's going through the years of being mayor, and it's like, and I, Councilwoman uh, Brandy Max, <laughs> swearing. Oh. <laughs> God, that's a great show. For those who don't watch Parks and Rec, Brandy Max is a the town's like most famous porn star. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's always jokes. She's in the she's in the initial uh, debate when it's her and uh, Paul Rudd, and it's like Brandy Max. I've starred in one thousand different films this year, including this and this and this. And it's like, how long you been working? One year. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love that show. I need to rewatch that show. Uh, but but Flyers, I, a... yeah, Flowers and I just have it on all the time. It's just our go-to feel-good show yeah i I, i'm also gonna finally wrap up the the good place i have like a season and a half that i just well best i'd say good place is probably the best show since parks and rec i need to i need to wrap that up i got i got like five seasons of buffy and angel collectively i just 
want to do to say I have reviewed that cultural like touchstone. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, so, it's a little tough to watch. It's so old and it is a teenage drama. Like yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Obviously, it is the early seasons of Buffy are easier to watch when it is a teenage like sex drama. Yeah. Like I'm in season five of Buffy and she just came back from heaven or whatever after sacrificing herself. And like it I'm just kind of bored with Buffy at this point. Um I get it. Like it's to quote our friend J O B, I I don't disagree with this point. I know we got pretty you got pretty heated at him, but like at a certain point, if you watch enough of a show, uh, you're like, okay, it's good. I get it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about Buffy right now. Like, um, it, I get it. it. It's good. And Angel, Angel's just a completely different tone. I, I, I've it, never seen Angel. It's, it's just so different. And I'm trying to watch them one episode of Buffy, one episode of Angel, because there's like one or two crossover episodes a season. And I just, I want it to, I want to watch it as if I was, time traveling back to when all of this was airing and i was just sitting around watching wb or tnt <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was on and like cool i watched the buffy episode i'm gonna sit and i'm gonna watch the angel episode now yeah um angel's just so tonally different and i i it, it's just jarring too uh to go back and forth but because you know what angel angel feels more fun than buffy um and it, it's like I, I'm kind of having fun. I, I will I will leave more Angel episodes on in the background and forget I'm supposed to switch than I will Buffy episodes, because mm. I think that the Buffy episodes just demand so much more of my attention. Yeah. Uh, God, I, yeah, I need I need to wrap up the good place and um, no, we you know in a in this exercise of talking, I think uh, Space Needle made a, a solid suggestion before he left to go do that thing we we both agreed was stupid um like do you just want to talk about dungeons and dragons for 15 minutes <laughs> i'm talking about dungeons and dragons for 15 minutes i'm talking about okay. dungeons and dragons all day <laughs> yeah i think we should start with how we were introduced to it i i so okay my first time playing was with you and i assume it's the same yeah, I had never I I dabbled in it very very briefly in high school with some friends on the crew team, but it was like a different friend group than mine. So like while I'd yeah. played, I just been around it. I had never really played played, mm-hmm. and then I think it was just we all really like community, right? And those episodes are hysterical. You know, D and D is something that I think we're all nerdy enough that we understood how it worked. We just never really yeah. played it, so we wanted to all try it out. Yeah. No. So I got I got roped into uh, Critical Role in particular. Uh, yeah. I was, you. I, mean, I think you told me about that. I started listening to it too. Like, let's let's make a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I also think season one of Critical Role is more. Uh, so Critical Role for, is a and d podcast where it's all voice actors and they do their voice acting as their characters and then the DM, uh, Matt Mercer, probably honestly the best DM in the world uh, because of his actual world building and, and how much he plans out his campaigns and then his, you know, improbabilities and then on top of that his a massive range of vocal performance ability yeah yeah ability but, and now they're uh, icons so now they're getting crazy guest stars and yeah yeah and napoleon dynamite um but i think season Terry one was, yeah i think season one was more entertaining because it was it was still more of like a funny thing for them to do and season yeah. two season two is just like they came into it with very serious character oh the funny people are still funny. They got it's what's well, good, but it, they got into their own shtick a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I. I still kind of pay attention to it, not as much as I used to. I used Big to download Crew Week, but I, I don't. I'll yeah. tune in if someone tells me there's a specifically good episode. But yeah, I uh, uh, big fan of the Adventure Zone, um, another D and D podcast. But anyway, so we we got dragged into D and D different ish ways, but me, you, Space Needle. And our friend 402 Joe, um, all kind of talked a little bit about D and D in the Discord, and then eventually it was just like, "Wait, do you guys want to play?" <laughs> and then, and then we had four people, and 
I I volunteered to DM. It's interesting, right? So so like I it was always kind of around like we're we're nerdy people. It's always kind of around like Dungeons and Dragons is a joke made or a reference made. But like what's interesting to me is that like it, Dungeons and Dragons doesn't have like hard lore, right? Like there are settings in Dungeons and Dragons and it uh, there's like three or four different settings and they have their own multiverse and they're 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 the way hell and heaven work and gods work and stuff like that but it's not it's not super locked into something so we we're talking yeah, about like, mm-hmm. like in our campaign I've been trying to look stuff up just for like my own edification and things of yeah. you know when I was, when in particular when I was stuck in what's essentially hell for my character yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to look stuff up. You'd be like, "Okay, how does this work? How would my character try to do stuff?" And then yeah. I just I couldn't find the resources for it because everything else is just it's so different yeah. based off your campaign. Well, that and like it's so I a lot of the the campaign I wrote it is it is still based in like D and D's kind of structure, like their 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 main how their main world works right now, but like that's that's what's fascinating to me is that it's this it's this massive property that it's not like lord of the rings where it's like oh gandalf right it's not like you know star wars i can point to luke skywalker like like or the death star like there are things right like monsters like the beholder uh which is you know a giant cyclops eye thing but there there's not like a hard lore it's more like this game that people identify with yeah uh which is just a system of mechanics and dice rolling and that like this the system of mechanics and dice rolling has like such a uh uh now more because of critical role and how it's become more and more popular has this like crazy community around it yeah stranger, um, things. stranger things brought a lot of people into they they got their own official book too uh like there's an adventure there's the stranger things official adventure and the the Stranger Things monsters are like technically officially in like the D and D like monster like bestiary and stuff. Something interesting too that D and D does the original books like you have to have so many books or whatever is that there's entire sections of the Dungeon Masters books are just about how to make your own monsters, how to make your own characters, how to make your own world. Like it, it's it's <laughs> they're they're giving you the tools to just do your own thing like it, they, it, it, they give you the tools to be your own boss yeah they give you the tools to be your own boss but um no i like the way i would describe how would you describe D to somebody who has never played it before and knew nothing about um yeah so like i've tried to i've actually tried especially during quarantine i was trying to get my family to play just as like something fun to do outside of watching tiger king or something like that <laughs> um you know it's just a fun role-playing game where you essentially get to you get to be as into it as you want to be yeah you can be as intense about it as you want to be like we play a pretty fast and loose game whereas there yeah. are some people that play a very hardcore strict rules by the book game yeah um and you know you get to do it's like improv with a specific purpose essentially you know you've right, got to right. delve into a character really commit to that character and make you know make decisions based off how that goes, and you have to make decisions based off how the dice end up going. So you've got to you got to roll with the punches as it goes. So yeah, it's just an improv role playing that you get to do in a medieval fantasy setting. You know, you get to do crazy stuff. Yeah, in, in any setting. I mean, I, I I think to like distill it to just like the core of what it is. I'd say it's like. A... You, you, and your friends. Uh, one person comes up with a story. Everybody else comes up with characters, right? And uh, you say you want to do something, and then we roll dice to see if it happens. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and how that fits into the story, and like, so and this crazy, crazy stuff happens because you just don't yeah. know how the dice rolls are going to end up going. It's definitely tough to get into in, in that, like, you need a you need a a a, a DM who is is comfortable with where you a dm that's comfortable with the type of game you want to play yeah like like tennis right you need somebody who's kind of at least in your skill range or neither person is going to have fun yeah Um, like if you know nothing about the game you have to find a dm who's willing to support that right and it worked for us because none of us knew anything (laughs) yeah there were so many fumblings in the beginning of our game like your character almost died to a bunch of rats game one i almost died (laughs) 
I well, get, even before that, uh, Space Needle's character almost burned to death in a carriage and killed the main quest giver I had set up for you guys for the next like five <laughs> seconds. And it was just like it's it's like jazz. No, um, it, as the DM, right? Like I could say like, oh, he survived burning to death, and like just kind of do something like that. But the I don't know. I, I let him die, and then I was like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I've got a week. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Um, well, it's like, I, originally, I remember when you, uh, you and Needle came for my graduation and we were talking about it with my family and my sister and we were telling them stories about our Dungeons and Dragons, our fake game that we play. Mm-hmm. And everyone's dying laughing at the story of like Zach, of Needle yeah. messing with the, the demon guy and fooling him with right. the amulet that ended up getting me captured instead of him. Yeah, that was a whole funny thing. Right. It's 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 uh um another way I've heard it described is like it's collaborative storytelling. Like yeah, and I think I think that does don't come down a lot to your DM, but like that's that's also how I like to do it. Is I kind of have a world and a, a general story, and I I just let you guys do whatever. And uh, sometimes I reel it in, sometimes I leave it more loose. A lot of the a lot of the play, where where the characters are right now after what well, we've been playing for two years. I think three. We've been playing since I was in Connecticut. So okay, this is year mm-hmm. three. This is year four for me almost. So yeah, we're we're close to four years of playing this game. Right with these characters, um, but where where they are right now is is a result of their bad decisions. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> it's so it, it, like just. Interest. It's it, it's fun to me in the same way like this podcast and like it is fun to me, right? It's 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 getting together with your friends and like yeah, doing... once a week you get to just hang out and do something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I I like so I'm I, like I said at the very very beginning I'm I'm getting into Warhammer now and that's that's interesting because it's like its own lore and its own game and stuff, but like the the community around warhammer fantasy um is kind of divided sort of because they did like a reboot like a new 52 kind of thing without getting into explaining what what's going on with warhammer is like five years ago they took their old world they destroyed all the lore and they're like here's the new world right um and a lot of people are super upset about like them just gutting all of the lore or whatever right the mechanics change as well and some of like the, the ways you play the game, but like that lore was so important to so much of the community. And there is a, a group of people that like will be upset if D and D, you know, uh, was will move on to sixth it's in fifth edition right now. When it moves on to sixth edition and there's kind of like a new lore, there's gonna be a bunch of people who are gonna be upset about that shift. But I don't think it's gonna be like earth shattering division of community. Because D and D D and D five E the way it exists right now, there's like people are four... people hate it, <laughs> <laughs> right? But there's there's like four different there's three or four different like canon stories going on in their own worlds and shit. Like it's um, I, like I I don't think people will care, right? Because people aren't attached. I, I people are attached to the lore, but I don't think that's what why people play the game they play the game to get together with their friends and, and shoot the shit right Ner- they, they get so nerds get so fucking uppity about their shit because they think they're better than everybody because you know some nerds tend to be a little smarter at times about nerdy stuff in particular but they always think that the nerdy stuff's the most important stuff versus like sport or something yeah and so they get so up in arms about how to run a fucking dungeons and dragons campaign and it's just like calm down yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you don't need to look any further than people criticizing Critical Role or any of the big popular podcasts. Or, yeah. Or the, play Dungeons and Dragons. It's like, no, you, to play Dungeons and Dragons. How the fuck you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> That's it. Bothers me when people get a. You know, I understand wanting to be serious about your hobby yeah. at times, and like that's that's cool and all, but like you know, I, I'll equate it to. Masters rowing, I guess, is something that I really hate because Masters rowers get so super serious about stuff. And it's like, you guys need to calm down. You're not that important to this sport. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and you know, oh, I'm a master's rower, so I'm better than you at this thing. It's like, I mean, I'm happy that you're rowing, and that's great and all, but can we not take ourselves so seriously about something you guys do as a hobby? Right, right. There's no national D&D tournament, although apparently there is competitive D&D, um, but that has to do with, like, I don't even know how that would operate because so much of D and D at a high, like even it doesn't matter what high of a level you are, like it kind of just comes down to luck. Like look at our battle royales. Right, right, right. No, it does. It does come down to luck. I think it's um, uh, my understanding is that like everybody gets the exact same story, and a dungeon master who uh, is is all, all the dungeon masters are told to give that party each individual party like the same kind of like chances and 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 like. Your magic items are in the same place. Your bosses are in the same place. Your rooms are laid out the same. Yeah, so you and gotta it, make the right decisions in order for things to work out correctly. Yeah, and I guess it's whoever does it first or like that does it the most the bestest. I don't know. That's what D and D's for, speed running, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we almost did it in our first game, you almost died. Um <laughs> Uh, no, so wait, I've talked a lot. Uh, what are your thoughts? Give me, give me some thoughts on D and D, just general. It's just it's a fun thing, and I'm I'm very happy we started doing. It. I look forward to it every Thursday. You know, we we have a good group. We have a lot of fun together. Uh, we get mad at each other a lot, but that's part of the fun. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you and Space Needle, very good friends. Uh, have we're at each other's throats for like a few months? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it started seeping into our real life relationship. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, that guy will never recover from some of the things that we've done to each other in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like right. you said, it's it's clever storytelling, and you also got You got to do what makes sense for your character, and his character is an uppity dick. Like, yeah. and he plays it like that. And my character is supposed to be, you know, we kind of based it off stuff that we wanted to play and what we were comfortable playing. When I love Spider Man and that kind of, you know, neutral good kind yeah. of vibe so i play it that way but he plays a very chaotic character and those two obviously aren't supposed to mesh and that's part of the group dynamic what makes the game fun but it also makes you just really hate some of the shit that your partners do <laughs> like I, yeah. I feel like so much of our campaign where we are right now is the direct result of two of our characters going out of their way to do dumb shit <laughs> all right man i have no closing notes do you want to go out on anything um i would like to just call out a game. I was playing with Carolyn over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this board game. I'm not sure you've ever heard of it. It's called no, Stratego. I've never heard of it. It's a it's a great game. It's it's like a capture the flag kind of thing. Uh, you set it up. You got to go capture your opponent's flag. Okay. You know, if your piece is a higher number, you beat that piece. But there's some rules that kind of change that around depending on the situation. You know, it's a little strategy, little skill. You know, it's like kind of strategy sort of of almost not quite risk and okay i was gonna ask if it was risk-like it's it's a little risk-like but it's just simpler you know risk takes fucking five hours to play if you've got a whole group of people you know it's just a simple quick game between two people i highly recommend anybody that's in this game go check out stratego it's a good time all right with that we'll call it a night